eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Dive into the mind of Brett Boone as we turn to the baseball legend to find out what's happening in his life and around Major League Baseball. This is Turning 2 with Booney. Here's your host, Rich Herrera. Welcome, everybody, to the Friday edition of the Boone Podcast. We lovingly call this Turning Two with Boone. I'm Rich Rare, executive producer of the Boone Podcast. There is Brett Boone. And if you're watching this on YouTube, Brett, what the hell are you wearing? It's my, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's sporty now. You know, I see a lot of guys wearing the hoodies yeah. and the kids I know wear them, but but, you know, I'm starting to see some coaches and managers. They rock the hoodies. Uh, apparently, they're cool. I got one. I put it on. It's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, no, it's not a good look on you. You look like Ted Lasso. I don't know who Ted Lasso is. You don't know who Ted Lasso is? But I know the name Ted Lasso. I don't know. It's a Netflix or I have no idea. You, you, you're the guy who watches everything under the sun. Ted Lasso, it's a... It's a show about a soccer coach, an American football coach who knew nothing about soccer, goes over to Europe, and with his good attitude and great trying, turns a lowly soccer club into a champion with a great positive attitude. And that's what I think of when I think of Brett Boone wearing the Ted Lasso shirt. You know what I think about trying, Rich? My grandma can try. I always just say that, hey, I'm trying really hard. Grandma can try. Get it done. Get it <laughs> Is that? Would you tell the kids that? Yes. Yeah, I'm really trying in school. Grandma can try. Yeah. No, well, no, that's not that's not fitting. Because if grandma was in school, she'd probably succeed. When, when it comes when it came to sports, so right. grandma can try. Doesn't mean she's gonna get it done. <laughs> you need to do more to try, get it done. I was uh, as long as it's your as long as you're giving me one hundred percent effort, that's all I can ask for. Ah, I can ask for more than that. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a fun uh, turning two with Boone. So let's just get started. You ready? You got it. World Series is set. Gets going uh, this week. Arizona versus Texas. I think if I went back, you and I and, and Tyler Kepner and you and I have gone through all this. And when the playoff tournament started, because it truly is a tournament with 12 teams, there is no way in God's green earth we would have picked Arizona versus Texas, correct? Oh, correct. That's We'd have lost it. We'd be coming out of Vegas right now with our tail between our legs because none of us were even, not only were we not right, we weren't remotely correct. And believe me, and I, this line's getting old, but I've, I've used it quite a bit. I've thrown my notes in the air so many times this postseason because you just never no, I got, oh, I'll tell this. It's kind of funny. Around the Boone house, we have a lot of kids running around. Right. So I, I wanted to make it fun. They all thought I was stupid because your dad and dad's ah, not what cool. do you know? And I said, hey, guys, let's have a little round robin. Uh, let's 
playoff picks. So I had all the kids go through theirs. And uh, by the end of the, when we got to the last round of the playoffs, this uh, Texas-Houston matchup and the Arizona matchup with uh, the Phillies, my gut, everything inside me told me Philly's going to win. Right. And I think Houston just had the edge over Texas because of their bullpen. They were going to win. So because I've watched this postseason, I, uh, of course, put Arizona, Texas Rangers down because it's the opposite of what I thought. And it looks like I'm going to be in the winner circle here soon. So, all right. Uh, so let me, let me ask this opposite. question. Let me ask this question because I've heard this ever since the top five seeds got bounced. Yes. So I'm going to ask you this very poignant question, Brett. You ready? Mm-hmm. Did the best teams in baseball make it to the World Series? No. No, because they're not complete teams in my eyes. I look at the Texas Rangers team. Now, they're going to be able to say, and and for all argument's sake, as a player, if I were ever fortunate enough to be in this position, I'd say, I don't care what whether you think our team is better than yours, the bottom line is we did what we had to do to get in this position. So yes, technically the best teams are, they went through the trials, the tribulations, and they came out on top. What Arizona did uh, through that postseason was unbelievable uh, equally with Texas, uh, what they went through, especially the way they finished the season. But I don't know what truly is the best team. Is it the is it the is it the talent level? Is it getting it done when you need to get it done? Is it a hundred and sixty-two game marathon? For me, that's that's what I think it comes down to. Best teams is what you do over a long period of time, because anybody can win in a short season. Now, I think as we spread out and you get to these seven-game sets. I think usually the better team comes out of a best of seven versus a best of three, uh, best of five. So uh, the best teams, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, they, they have a pretty good argument that they could say, I don't care what you think, Brett. Uh, we're standing right here. So we are the best in the American League. We are as the in the National League. I definitely think as a player when I was playing, I always respected whoever was standing, the last man standing, they were the best team. But as an analyst, are they the best team talent-wise? I'd say no. So why didn't the best teams make it? Why didn't the teams with the top records, the ones that dominated throughout the whole the whole year? Arizona led the West for a lot. Then the Dodgers showed that they were the class of the National League and just boat raced them. Arizona right. makes it into the playoffs. Texas doesn't win their division. They lose it on the last day of the season. Yet when I look here, it's Arizona and Texas. How come the best teams didn't make it? I think you've seen that's kind of been a theme the last few years. Uh, the best teams not getting to the to the to the final. Uh, I, I think when Houston won a year ago, it I think they they were arguably the best team. Although on paper it was the LA Dodgers of 111 wins. Um, I don't know. I think it's the format. I think it's different nowadays in 2023. And I'm not going to sit here and and say I don't like this format because a lot of of this format I do like as an ex player, as a baseball fan, what I think is good for the game, the, the it's exciting down the stretch. You called it a tournament earlier, Rich. It's 12 teams. It's never been 12 teams before. And back in your dad's day. No, it's different. There were four teams. There were two in each each league, but it's not my dad's day. It's 2023. And as a baseball fan, and I'm biased, because I like other sports, but baseball is and always will be near and dear to me. So when I get to the postseason, I like the baseball talk to keep up a lot longer. And, and in past years, you've got five, six, seven cities in September already moving on to football. Now with right. this new format, you've got the complete country talking baseball, which for me in a bias, in my biased opinion, I like now. Easiest, easiest time in the history of baseball to ever get to the postseason. Hardest right. time, I think, to win a World Series just because of there's four rounds. There's a round of three, which anything could happen. A round of five, I still don't think is a true test of the better team to come out of there. Uh, it doesn't show the depth of a team. I think the great teams are deep, four, four deep, three, four, five deep in the rotation. That's not necessary in a three-game set or even a five-game set. Uh, and, and then, obviously, the best of seven. You're going to see a fourth starter. 
You know, so if you don't have a four starter, you're going to get exposed. And I think that's what great teams are. They're deep. Uh, they're deep in the bullpen. They're deep in the starting rotation. They're deep on the bench. They're deep throughout the lineup. They they still have a threat seven, eight, nine in the lineup. I think that's the tr- what what a true great team is. But in, in these short series, they're proven that that anything can happen. If you would have told me, Rich, a week ago after I watched the first two games in Philadelphia, yep, it was like the Beatles at a Beatles concert. And I just said, I don't care who you are right now. You're not beating that Philly team. I think anybody that 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 was watching and putting eyes on that on those games in Philly would have that same opinion. You were laughing. I didn't, at I didn't me. think they were going to come back from Arizona. I didn't. You think were they were, gonna get you out were of laughing at me when I said, "Hey, I'm going up to the. I'm going up to Game Three. Go, why? It's just going to be all Phillies, right? I, I didn't think they'd get back from Arizona." And boy, was I wrong. Not only did they get back from Arizona, they won two out of three, came back into probably the most hostile postseason environment this particular season, and won a huge game six. And as soon as they won game six, they flipped the switch. They flipped the whole narrative on the Phillies. It was, you know, Phillies, they got the big personalities, the the big, the star power with the Harpers and the Trey Turners. Um, they got Schwarber at the top of the Schwarber line. Hit, right. And they came back and they won game six. And I thought to myself, game seven is tomorrow. Philly's going to come to the ballpark thinking, oh, my goodness, how are we in this position? We have to win tonight. And Arizona's coming, to, Arizona's coming to the ballpark going, you know, maybe even, even in a kind of sarcastic way going, hey, guys, you nobody gave us a chance and we're still standing. They came into game seven with nothing to lose. And you could tell by the way their dugout was. I was watching their dugout. They were cool as a cucumber because they didn't, they, they came in with, with not the hugest. Nobody gave me a chance. Nobody Man, gave me money. a chance. No, let me tell you this. As a player, those, those Arizona Diamondbacks don't tell them they didn't have a chance. They believe from the beginning as a player, you always do. But when the media consistent, consistently uh, dismisses you and say, Oh, no way you can beat the Phillies. And you hear that enough. It becomes kind of a rallying cry. And these guys were kind of at the end just smirking going, oh, yeah, we weren't supposed to be here. Oh, we just came and whooped them. And now we're going to the World Series and we got a chance to be World Series champions. I've become a fan of this Arizona team. The way they play, the way they end of their bullpen is really dominant. It's been the only one in this last two series where you knew what you were getting in the eighth and the ninth inning. And uh, it's going to be a battle. You're going you're going up against a much superior offense with the Texas Rangers, but there's intangibles that this that this Arizona club's got, and everybody on the national stage has finally got to see this Arizona ball club. They steal bases. Uh, it, it's almost like a Tampa Bay team where you don't have the huge star power, but you got a lot of baseball players that love playing together. They have that camaraderie. Uh, Tori Lovello has has made unbelievable moves that I didn't always agree with. And it seemed like every time he made a move, it worked out. Uh, it was the perfect storm. And, and I give them just as good a chance as I do the Texas Rangers of winning this world series. All right. So Evan Longoria said something on the early going and he said, and remember Evan hasn't been back to the world series since 2008 when I was broadcasting for the Rays, And that was a young team. Nobody gave him a chance to get past anybody, uh, especially the Boston Red Sox when we went to a seven game. But I remember Evan, Beginning of the playoffs, there's a quote I saw from Longo that said, this team is too young to know that they're not supposed to be here. And it said it, it reminded him of that 2008 Rays team that lost eventually lost to the Phillies, but they had to get past the Yankees. They had to get past uh, the Boston Red Sox. Nobody believed in them, but they were so young, they didn't realize the moment was supposed to be too big for them. Comment. Uh, I don't know if this team necessarily thought that way. You know, I, I think they thought they belonged and, and not because of the only they only had 84 wins. I think the way they were playing down the stretch, they really believed from day one that they belonged in the postseason and not only belonged in the postseason, but we're going to make a run in the postseason. They've proven everybody wrong, all the naysayers, all the analysts that didn't give them a chance in heck. I'll tell you what, you got you got the Carroll kids going to be the rookie of the year. Right. You, you've got a Marte, the second baseman, just won the MVP and was the go-to guy. I think he's hitting 16 in a row now. Uh, Fam got benched, 
Came back the next day, hit a huge home run to extend that series. Uh, Perdoma, the shortstop, he's an all-star this year. He made, you know, and I was looking at Perdoma, and I started looking, started studying him. He played 160 60 games this year. He made four errors. He's not even the Gold Glove finalists, right? Uh, but he's been a great player. And the kid that really stood out to me is Marino, the catcher. Never yeah. hit in the three hole in his career. All of a sudden, he gets plugged into that three hole, and it seemed like he continued to get big hit after big hit off tough pitchers and tough situations. I was really impressed. He's 23 years old. Then you give it to Ginkle and Seawald. Seawald came from my Mariners at the trading deadline. Right. That was uh, one that no, that went under the radar. And I'll tell you, we had I had Trevor Hoffman on the on the program a couple of days ago, and I asked Trevor. I said, "What do you think about the importance of the end of the game and have something really solid there?" I'll tell you, as a as a as a position player, as an offensive player, when I had a Trevor Hoffman at the end of the game, uh, or a Mariano Rivera, or a Billy Wagner, man, that shortened the game a lot. Because once in a while, we'd trick them and we'd get them, but for the most part, when Hell's Bells was ringing. The game was over. I think the modern day player, I think the best closers in the game now are Batista. He went down for the for the Baltimore Orioles. They didn't have him in the postseason. Um, I look at a guy like Duran for the Minnesota Twins. When you get to the eighth and ninth inning in Minnesota, that game's over. This tournament that you're calling it, you got me calling it a tournament right now. It is because it uh, feels like March Madness. You never know who's going to win. Well, look at the teams. Other than Houston and other than Arizona, Arizona, Ginkle, Seawalt. That's been right. money. They haven't given up a run in the postseason. Presley is money in Houston. That bullpen getting to Presley. The problem is they couldn't get a lead into the seventh it's eighth inning. Hand, right. And you look at the Texas Rangers. They've got Araldis Chapman, one of the best closers of this current generation. But he's not closing games. He's an eighth inning guy sometimes. And you never know what you're going to get from Chapman right now. And then you go over to the uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, who's had Kimbrell, who's got 400-plus saves in his career. But after game three, he wasn't used in another high-leverage situation. So right. that's the difference. Philly, they had to piece together that bullpen. Nobody knew their real role. One night it was going to be somebody, and the next night it was going to be somebody else. Where you knew in Arizona, if you get to the seventh inning with the lead, you know where they're going. They're going Ginkle, Marte. I think they're going to continue to play that and and just nick away. The thing about Arizona that they can do, they can steal bases. And they really showed that in the last two games. I think they stole eight bags and put themselves in position to score runs. Uh, they just ding you to death. And and they got a little pop in that lineup too, but that's not how they win games with the home run. In, in a in a, in a modern day game in 2023, where we live and die by the long ball, Arizona kind of plays little ball. They steal base, they get base hits, they move runners, they play good defense, and they got to shut down bullpen. I'm looking forward to a great World Series, Rich. And they've got some, and they got some good outings. Not great outings. They got some good outings. Uh, Zach Gallon's been their best pitcher all season. Gallon's long. the guy, though. He hasn't been what I expected. Miller's pitched really well. Right. And the young kid fought has really yeah. showed maturity beyond his years. So don't underestimate him. And the last two starts for fought really gave him some confidence. So he went from that rookie, never been on the big stage, to. Hey, I'm ready to go. I've succeeded here, and and I'm not intimidated by this big stage. My two favorite things about being at Chase Field over the last couple of days, I have my Let's Go D-backs towel that they handed out. Uh, number one was they had a montage of talk show hosts and talking heads saying, Diamondbacks never have a chance. I'll do whatever, and, and I'll eat my hat if the Diamondbacks win. Where's the Mad Dog? I heard the Mad Dog was retiring if the Arizona. <laughs> he, nah, he said never. now he's gonna he's gonna put on a bikini or something like that. Haven't well, I never say enough? something that outrageous? First of all, nobody really cares. So secondly, just retire. <laughs> Go ahead. So I saw that was great, and then a big shout out to our friends at Willie's Taco Joint, which I went to before the games. That place was hopping. It's gonna if you're coming in. For the uh, for the postseason, Willie's Taco Joint. Are you using my platform to to do other commercials? No, but it's a friend of ours, so I thought I'd just say that it's a cool place to go before the game <laughs> if you're coming in. No, right? Willie, uh, Eric, Eric Stoltz. He's he's the co-owner of that place, and Willie is Eric's dad. Eric is a childhood friend of mine, one of the the few that I still have. I've known Eric since third grade. He's got a great place in in Phoenix, and it's named after his dad, Willie. His his dad's name was Bill, and and we used to call him Willie. So no, I've given you a hard time. I, I think it's very cool. Yeah, the little man will be there. Holding court. Yeah. So uh, make sure that you come by and say hi. Um, 
So that's one thing I was going to ask you about. Number two, let's get over to the American League. Um, does home field advantage really matter anymore? Because nobody won at home. Amazing. Seem like it, right? Amazing. Seem like it. I, I think in the game of baseball, Texas outlasts Houston. Give me your thought. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Obviously, home field advantage doesn't matter to these guys. I mean, Texas's been losing at home and they've been winning on the road. So uh, they they How probably hard is that to do. Why if they had a coin flip, they'd probably prefer to start on the road. Um, I've always in in my career, I've in the postseasons I've got to be a part of. It's always nice to be at home. You always feel like you've got that, you know, that thirteenth man, like they call it in mm-hmm. Seattle, uh, for the Seahawks. You always got that extra, and it gives the you a little man. bit of a, or the twelfth man. I'm sorry, uh, know, they're so loud up there. I broadcast games up there. It sounds like there's two extra people, but it doesn't. It, Rich, right now, it, it's like everything I've seen in this postseason. Nothing makes any sense to me. Uh, no. Everything I, I go left, they go right. So. Normally, I'd sit there and go, absolutely, it's an advantage being the home field, and, and you get the first two games, and you get to close it out at home if it goes past five games. Normally, on a normal year, I'd say absolutely home field. But from what I've seen from the, from these teams, it's a, throw it out the window. It doesn't matter. Both both home, both have domes. Uh, you know, I haven't played in the new Texas. I've played in Arizona uh, quite a bit, so I don't know. But Texas looks like a beautiful yard. Uh, not a small park, but not a big one, just one that plays plays fair. And and Arizona, with the humidor now, uh, plays, from what I heard, plays pretty fair. Bochy, Dusty, two of our favorites. You talked to Boach on the podcast the other day. Um, yeah. I was up in surprise. And I was talking with some executives from the the Rangers before the season started. I said, I'm not going to be surprised if you guys make it to the postseason of the World Series because you got Bochi and he's just different. Um, what did you take away from your conversation with Bochi the other day? Cool as a cucumber. Uh, I used the the flight attendant uh, scenario quite a bit. You know, if you if you if you're not a frequent flyer and and it's one of your first few flights and you get those bad turbulence who do you look to you look to the flight attendant and if she or he is is cool and giving you the eyes like hey don't worry about it we've been through this before well then as a passenger i'm okay same thing with a bruce bochi you know no matter how big the stage bruce is not going to lose his cool he's been there done that too many times and and i think bruce would say this too the bottom line is we talk about Bruce, we talk about Dusty, iconic, what they've given to the game. and, and Future and Hall of Famers. I think both of them, for sure. But I think they'd agree with me. When it comes down to it, it's the players that win and lose games, without a doubt. I mean, Bruce Bochy's one of the best and, and one of the best people, persons I've been around, managers. Right. Uh, he's just got something about him. He's got that it factor. I think Dusty, I never played for Dusty, but I think he has that it factor as well. But when it comes down to it, you got to have the horses. You've got to have the players that produce when they need to produce. There's only so much you can do as a manager. I think a manager makes a little bit of a difference when a push comes to shove from a mental standpoint, from putting his players in, in a great psychological frame. You know what I noticed about Bruce that was that was very telling about him and his legacy? Max Scherzer, uh, going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer high energy guy. Uh, Bruce gives him the ball game three. Max doesn't have a Max Scherzer out. He end pitch in a month, gave up four and four innings. Bruce hands him the ball again in game seven. And in the second inning, Max is in a little bit of trouble. Bruce comes out to the mound and the respect that Bochi has. Now a Max Scherzer being the competitor that he is, I was, I was thinking, Oh, he's going to have a, come on, Bruce, you're not taking me out right now. Max looked at him and because it was Bruce Bochy said, you know, he must know something I don't know right now. I trust him enough. He, I, I trust him enough. He's been here enough times with with all different types of players. Players probably like a Max Scherzer uh, 15 years ago, 
and he trusted him and he gave him, he looked him in the eye and he handed him the ball. And it was almost like, Skip, I trust you on this one. That's what Bruce Bro- Bochy brings to the table that every manager out there doesn't have. That cross the board respect and trust. And we saw it with Scherzer. You commented to me, and I think we were, we were talking about this during the games. Scherzer looked like a wild animal walking up and down. Right. The looks you saw, he looked like a racehorse inside the gate getting ready to go at Del Mar. Yeah. And all that adrenaline's going, and he's snorting, and he's and he's, and he's frothing and, and at the mouth the, ready to that, go. Right. But to, in order to be able to just go, I trust you enough, Boach, that even though I want this thing so bad, I trust you. Well, and, and that's why we it's a great story, the Bochi, the Dusty story. But I, I, even though they're two of my favorite guys, mm-hmm. let's not get carried away. This is the players. And those guys will tell you there's only so much we could do. These players win and lose ball games, And maybe once in a while, we assist in a win. But it's not because we threw a pitch or we hit a, we got a base hit, or we moved a runner. It's because maybe we just gave a certain player at a certain time that little nudge, put him in a good frame of mind to execute. And that's what the great ones do. But when it comes to winning, man, all the credit in the world goes to that Arizona Diamondbacks team. I'm not saying Tory Lovello didn't do a great job. Everything, every move he made, some controversial, like taking Miller out in the fifth when he just struck out two guys. Miller looked at him like, are you crazy, Skip? Are you seeing what I'm doing right now? And he said, yeah, I see what you're doing, but give me the ball. And it worked out. So I got to give Torrey some some credit in that position. But the bottom line is these players, you put them in the best place you can possibly put them to succeed. And then it's up to them because your days of hitting balls and throwing balls are over, and there's only so much you can do. And that's where I think I know Dusty better than I know Boach, but I think both of them, watching from afar, being around the ball club on a daily basis that Dusty's managed before, I think those two are as good as it gets as bringing out the best of your superstars, your everyday players, and making sure the reserves have an opportunity to be successful when it's their time. Respect and trust. Yeah. That's what it is. It comes down to. And you don't get that overnight. These guys got a long track record. They've been around the game for a long time. They've managed a lot of games. They've managed a lot of postseason games. Managed a ton of Hall of Fame players. They've been there, done that. And with that body of work and the success they've had, the human beings that they are, comes that trust and comes that respect. Let's just let's uh, put the Rangers aside for just a second. Dusty has announced that he's retiring. Uh, I knew it. I think uh, just about everybody in baseball knew it. The Dusty, uh, this was going to be his last uh, his last ride. Um, take a couple seconds here and just talk about the legacy of Dusty Baker and what he's meant to this game. Well, I remember you know when we had Dusty on the show and and uh, I was blown away because he said Booney. Uh, and that that famous play in the early 2000s where I, I believe it's JT Snow JT Snow rescued Darren and gets Darren uh Baker out of the way and everybody remembers that cuz it was on TV and Dusty told me he said Booney you don't know this but when I was a player and this is in the 70s when the Dodger Philly rival rivalry was big and of course I was always tagging along going to the ballpark with dad whenever he'd allow me to and I remember those Dodger teams and I I remember when they came to town it was a big deal and Dusty said, Booney, you don't know this, but when I was a player, I'd sit in that dugout and I'd watch you and I'd watch your brother run around at Veterans Stadium with your little uniforms on and shagging. And he said, you inspired me. He said, one day I was going to have my kid do that. And he goes, I remember you and Aaron in particular. And I thought that was really cool. I was thinking, wow, I didn't <laughs> I didn't know that. You know, so now I'm like, oh, I'm a part of that 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 JT Snow play. But. Uh, that's the type of guy he is. Dusty, great player. The one thing about Dusty, the one thing about Boach, it, and it's not all that common in baseball, is to, to, is to go through this game, and, and I could take a poll uh, across executives, coaches, manage, uh, or um, uniform personnel, non-uniform personnel of everybody in the game, of uh, announcers, uh, clubhouse attendants, uh, trainers, clubbies, for the last 40 or 50 years, 
and have everybody fill out a, a resume on what they thought of Dusty Baker and Bruce Bochy. And I'll guarantee you, I wouldn't get one negative report back. That's very rare. But those two guys are, are two of the guys that are in that rare air when it comes to across the board. Uh, people just love them. Integrity, honesty, and respect. Honest when they need to be honest with you. You know, a lot of times, it, part of being a great manager is is convincing a player that he's good when you know he stinks. <laughs> that's a big part of it. Well, I mean, I, that's I, the part of the psychology that the great ones have, the ability to get the most out of each individual player. There's a lot of personalities. There's a lot of egos. Uh, 162 games, that's a long season. But for a guy to put his arm around you and really convince you when you're going through a tough time, like, it's going to be okay. You're going to come out of this. And I believe in you. And him, it, it's one thing to say it, but it's another thing for you to buy it as the player. They have that ability to do that. The great ones do. And all of a sudden, you start thinking, wow, he's right. I am going to be okay. And sure enough, you're okay. But the, everybody can't do that. It's a, they it's both a, make you feel important. They make, doubt. That's not the right word. They make you feel like you matter. And and that's why I've said, you say honesty. Yeah, honest. But sometimes you got to lie to, to get them back on track. But I, but I think they. It's more I, of a fib, I, not a lie. I, see, I'm not even going to go there. I think it's more they make you feel like you can. They have confidence in you. Sometimes when you don't have confidence in yourself. Yeah, is I, I think I talk, the way that, I talk about that with great hitting instructors. It's right. more than the the. It's more than the X's and the O's, and and you're dropping your back shoulder, and you're not getting to your front side, or you're getting to your front side too quick. Yeah, that's great, the physical side of it. But sometimes it's a guy that comes up to you and says, "You're going to come up this game. It's going to be a tight game, and it's going to be late in the game. And I just have a feeling something weird's going on, but you're going to come up and you're going to come through. And 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 me looking at a hitting coach and going, are you watching what I'm watching? Because that guy you're talking about, and you're talking about me. Have you seen my last three at bats? I've got no chance, but somehow by the end of that conversation, they had the ability to convince to me. Yeah. And I wasn't even believing in myself, but the great ones have that ability. And, and whether it's psychological, whatever it is, the bottom line is win baby. And if they can convince me, you know, that that's, that's part of the game that I love. And, and the, the psychology of the game and the, in the next level, it's, it, it, it's a really hard game. And for 162, it is so hard to be consistent. And sometimes you need those, those guys to kind of put their arm on your shoulder and say, Hey, you're going to be all right and mean it. And you are going to be all right. And, and more times than not, you come back and, and uh, hopefully it's the next day. Sometimes it's, it's a week. But eventually we all come back. But uh, having somebody believe in you, uh, yeah. All right. I, I think I'm I'm being mushy enough tonight. That's, no, that's you, a, you, that's you, a, you're, you know, you're, I, you're I, killing my reputation there. Right? <laughs> I, I know, but I, I got the chance to sit there fly on the wall. You, Aaron Boone, Phil Nevin, uh, Bam Bam Mullins was standing there with us, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and then Dusty Baker walks down, and you got a chance to sit with them for 45 minutes. And I've told you forever how much – I respect Dusty Baker. Here's the one thing about Dusty. I'll tell you this, Booney. I have gotten the most random phone calls from friends and acquaintances that just said, hey, Rich, I was just in the middle of the desert, and I ran into Dusty Baker. He didn't know who I was. I'm not a celebrity. I'm not famous. I didn't even, I didn't even tell him I knew you. And he stood there and talked to me like I was the most important person in the world. I, there was a guy once. He was in Palm Springs getting gas ran into Dusty out in the middle of the desert on, on 10 on his way to Arizona. Dusty was there uh, at the same gas station, stood there and talked to him for 20 minutes. And he goes, it was the most amazing thing. He took his time just sitting there talking to me. For 20 minutes, he didn't know who I was, and he gave me all the respect in the world. That's why I think people love Dusty Baker. All right, let's move on, because I don't want people to think that you're soft and weak and emotional or anything like that, because um, I am going to jump on you about something, Booney. Right. I think you're responsible for a lot of the kerfuffle we had in the American League Championship Series. And you know what I'm talking about. What is that? Abreu Garcia, did he hit him or not? The bat flip, the pimping of the home run by Garcia earlier in the game. I blame all of you for that. I blame you 100% because you're the one who brought bat flipping into vogue in baseball. Into vogue. Yeah, but if you look at my back bat flip and, and you you go to youtube and you check out my my bat flips had some 
they had some class to them. It was a flip and I'm on my way. I, I didn't stand there and, and make a face and throw my bat down. All right. Here's now on a serious note. Um, yeah. You can't convince me otherwise without a doubt. Abreu drilled him. You it think he make, did? Without a doubt. Okay. It doesn't make any sense. I understand. It's a playoff game. It's a two-run game. Why would you do that? I've heard that all before. But I've been in that locker room. And I know what goes on in those bullpens. This is not a Dusty Baker. I, I, I'll guarantee you Dusty was floored seeing him get hit like that. Bray has been dealing all postseason. He hasn't given up a run, I don't think, at that point. To miss that bad after Garcia, the at-bat before, hits a big home run off of, uh, off of Verlander. First ballot Hall of Famer. Things have changed in our game, and I've learned to accept them. Uh, we all have lines. I had lines in my day uh, that we self we policed ourselves. And in my generation, there were lines. You could do certain things, and if you kind of cross that line, you might there might be an eye for an eye. You might have hell to pay. And we knew that going in. We all know the rules. Now, since Ken Griffey Jr. and Let the Kids Play, we're living in a different generation where it's more accepted. Bryce Harper, that's make fun. baseball fun again. And that's fine. If the players, current players on the field, accept the fact that you can show me up on a home run, you can pimp home runs, you can, uh, as a pitcher, you can shoot me <laughs> when you've got seven days in the big leagues and you struck me out. And if that's accepted, who am I 15 years retired to comment on that, it's not my game. I've said that many times. It's their game. That being said, even in today's very liberal way of allowing you to express yourself, a lot of celebrations go on, and that's fine. And I've learned to accept them. That's part of the game now. They still have a line. <laughs> it's a much longer, uh, farther away line than we had, but everybody has a line. And I think when he hit that home run off Verlander, stood there, turned around, walked 10 feet, slammed the bat. I think the men in that bullpen, first of all, is the person that he hit it off of, Verlander, Hall of Famer. I think his guys in that bullpen, and I think Verlander, when he came back at the trade deadline, it's almost like the big brother of the Houston Astros came home, and I think everybody looks to Verlander as kind of that big brother on that team. Yeah, he's still needed. right. And I think those bullpen guys took offense to that. I've had bullpen guys. I've had great bullpen guys with me on certain teams. It's not spoken. It's not talked about. It's a look, and it's we'll get we'll get them when the time's right. I just think Abreu said, and, and there was probably a conversation in the bullpen. I have no inside knowledge. I have no idea. I could be dead wrong on this. Just talking from experience. I think he came in. Motions got the mo- best of him, and he just drilled him. Right. And that was the way it is, and he was going to risk that two-run, which I don't condone. I, I think as a player, I've been in many you know, I've been in many situations where it's an eye for an eye and somebody's got to go down. Sometimes I went down. But I always thought as a player, you have an obligation to your teammates and your organization to win the game first and take care of business second whenever, maybe down the line sometime. Well, he decided to take care of it right there. Just so happened that he got out of that inning and Altuve hits the the big home run to give him the victory that game. But I still think, without a doubt, he drilled him. Everybody's going to deny it till the cows come home. I get it. I've been on that side of it. I've had relievers that I know drilled him on purpose, and they'll look right into the camera and say, what are you talking about? I got away from me. That's what you have to say. You come out and say, I drilled him. You think that two-game suspension's bad? Well, <laughs> If if Manfred hears that, it, he's going to add on to that. So oh, yeah. that's what you say. And once again, this doesn't mean that I'm 100% right. I've been wrong before. But my gut tells me, my experience tells me, without a doubt, Abreu squared him up on purpose. And that's one of the things that the so-called insiders, and I've been called an insider before and I'm not, we don't understand unless you've played the game, unless you've been in the uniform, unless you've been in the clubhouse, I've gotten as close as you could be, Booney, being in the traveling party, but there's still things that there's I don't a different know. Look to, there's a different look, too. I've seen that replay after replay after replay. There's a look. There's a feel. There's an angle. Right. Uh, I've been drilled a lot. I've been hit on purpose a decent amount of times. 
I've been hit on accident a decent amount of times too. And I can tell it's a pretty, it's a, there's a pretty big tell on the, uh, on when I got hit on accident, I kind of know right away, like he was just trying to come in and it got away from him. There's a different look to it. When I see that thing on a loop replay and replay, that's I'm squaring you up in the shoulder blades and, and I barely miss. So I only hit you in the shoulder. Well, the other part of this, this wasn't going to get to because everybody's like, the dusty order is Boach. Absolutely not. I, right. I, I I don't know the hierarchy. I don't know. I don't know Dusty to ever do that. My experience with, uh, and I played for a lot of really reputable managers. Uh, I don't remember ever one of our managers telling a pitcher to drill somebody. Now, I'm sure it happened, but I'll just tell you this. I've never seen it. The, the manager, you're a big league player. You're in a big league bullpen and you're, you, and you're treated like men. This isn't high school. This isn't college. You're grown men playing major league baseball. The manager usually trusts them, their intuition, um, their logic. They trust them to do it in the right situation. But very rarely uh, that I've ever heard of or teams I've been a part of, where orders come down from the manager to drill somebody. Very rare. So I would say Dusty, probably Dusty had no surprise what was happening right there and was surprised. No, I, I, I would be absolutely shocked if anything was ordered from anybody, especially in a two-run game. I, I remember, and I was shocked because that's what I'd always heard growing up as a kid, watching television or reading the newspaper. Oh, the manager is going to order that. And and I remember well, when I was working. I'll tell you this, Rich, and this, this might add a little clarity to the situation. It's... The late 90s, uh, we're in Montreal. Pedro Martinez has got a perfect game. And he's working, I believe, into the 7th or the 8th. Reggie Sanders was hitting in front of me that day, and Pedro was pinpoint that day. I mean, he didn't miss. And he would buzz Reggie up and in, flip him, and then strike him out with a breaking ball away. And I think he struck out Reggie at least twice, maybe three times. And I remember Reggie, who's one of the nicest teammates I've ever had. But if you cross that line with him, He's a bull in a china shop. You don't want to mess with him when you cross that line. Re I remember Reggie pointed the bat at Pedro and said, you come near me one more time with that ball, and I'm going to, you know, whatever he said. <laughs> the next pitch, he hit him, squared him up in the ribs. And everybody said, oh, of course Pedro didn't drill him on purpose. He had a perfect game. At that time, when Pedro was challenged by Reggie, Pedro didn't care. He was still going to win the game. Right. He didn't care, and he took the challenge and squared him up. To this day, I laugh when people say, oh, that page, because it was a kind of an infamous thing. Yeah. It, it, a fight proceeded. It was a big melee, and they said to this day, you know, people that weren't there, weren't in the know, didn't know the backstory. Well, Pedro would never do that. He had a perfect game. My ass. <laughs> I was there, and I'm telling you, Pedro in a perfect game in the eighth inning squared up Reggie Sanders on purpose. I was on deck. I watched the whole thing. I, I was just going to say that I, I remember sitting down with Don Zimmer, late great Don Zimmer, and and he's been through some battles when he was managing the Red Sox with the Yankees. You remember him and Pedro, or Pedro threw him down on the on the turf, right? Right. And the big was, fights. I um, I was in the booth. I was yeah. in the booth for that in 2003, and I defended Pedro. I said I don't want Don Zimmer. He was an older gentleman at the time. I said I don't want him to get thrown down. But when you're in a melee, when you're in a fight. You don't see, oh, that's Don Zimmer. He's older. I should take it easy on him. You're protecting yourself right? because you got people coming at you and you're the one they want. You're just, you're, you're, you're deflecting anything coming your way. So I didn't get on Pedro at all for that. Don should have probably at his age and his situation should have probably stayed in the dugout. I'll do respect to Don and what a great baseball. Well, and, and he was embarrassed. He was embarrassed I, afterwards. Yeah, but I, I never had a problem with Pedro. No, for no. That. And I loved the, the fans that came in. Oh, how could you? Well, let me put you in that situation in the middle of a melee when everybody's coming for you and see if you can decipher. Oh, he's too old. I'll take it easy on him. Oh, no, he's young. No. I, can, I can throw I, him I think Zim, out. Zim, Zim would have been offended if he took him. If it's he took right. Him. It's survival. Right. You're out there trying to survive. But but Zim, Zim had told me because, you know, he almost died. He got hit in the head. Um, is a Brooklyn Dodgers. So I sat down with him and we talked for about an hour and he just explained, he goes, Richie, I've never ever as a manager ordered anybody to hit anybody else. It's all on the players. And he went through the whole thing with me. And now yeah, they take, uh, they take care of it. themselves. You take care of yourselves. All right, real quickly, real quick. Let's get to this. Since it is the beginning of the world series, break it down. Who's got the advantage Booney. And are you ready to call your shot knowing that this tournament 
whatever is up is down and the bizarre the bizarro world rules the 2023 postseason uh, I'm going to say this. On the, we'll go through the Texas Rangers. Uh, uh, Montgomery has been, you know, he he was the the throw in the secondary story at the trade deadline. They got Max Scherzer. Oh, and we got this Montgomery guy from St. Louis who's been phenomenal. Came in the other day in Game Seven, uh, relieved Scherzer and, and and was lights out again. Evaldi's been great. He's he's turned into that legitimate ace. You know, everybody forgets they started the year off with Degrom. And all right. of a sudden, Degrom was gone, and, and then Evaldi kind of stepped up. He got hurt. They got Scherzer, but Evaldi's been that guy this year. Was in the Cy Young race for a long time until he got hurt. Uh, that one too uh, is really good. Um, the, the 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 offense, if it's clicking, it's as good as any offense in baseball. They can put up runs with the best of them. Uh, the thing that worries about me is their weakness, and it's been their weakness all year, has been that bullpen. And uh, I think Boach has done a great job threading that needle in the postseason, getting to LeClerc. They found a young closer in LeClerc who's done a really nice job. But he's asked to, to get a four-out save and a five-out save. I don't know how much longer he can do that. Uh, the key for that bullpen is Chapman's got to be Chapman. Coming in, intimidating, throwing 100, throwing strikes is the key for Chapman. If he throws strikes, Chapman will get you out. It's when he's all over the place and can't find that, he can't find the zone. So that's going to be the key for them. On the Arizona side, uh, I think fought with the two starts he got in the recent series. I think it really, it really, uh, the maturation process really went a long way with him. I don't think he's scared of the big stage. He's going to, he's a rookie, but he's going to pitch like a veteran. Uh, I'm looking for Gallon. You know, Gallon hasn't looked good to me. He was a Cy Young candidate for a long time this year. He hasn't been the same Gallon. Miller's been really good. Uh, that third starter that I've talked about, he's been really good for them. The key to that team is uh, top of the lineup. Is is Carroll and Marte mm -hmm. setting the tone? Uh, Moreno now has just fallen in. Twenty three year old fallen into that three hole. He's been huge. Um, Fam, Fam gets benched. He's been in the three hole all year. He gets benched. Comes back the next day, hits a huge home run. It extends that series. Key to them is going to uh, be uh, that bullpen doing what they've done all year. And I I, I don't think that's going to change. It's just going to be can they keep that Texas offense at bay. If the Diamondbacks can keep the Texas offense at bay, I think the Arizona Diamondbacks are going to win the World Series. Roll the tape, ladies and gentlemen. Brett Boone, one more time. Are you calling your shot and saying, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the 2023 World Series champions will be the? Arizona Diamondbacks. Boom. You heard it here but, first, folks. By the no, way. there's no buts. You said it. Yeah, I know, because you forced me to. Well, I, I, I got to make a this, call. I hope they put this in the scoreboard in Arizona because nobody else has given them a chance. Nobody gave them a chance in any series they've been in so far. There you go. All right, real quick. Uh, but, boom. you know, the part of me is I'm still pulling for Boach. He's my horse in the race. <laughs> He's All my right. former skipper. But, yeah, Diamondbacks is my call. Okay. Uh, real quick, uh, you watching anything? What's Boone watching? Have I have not. I haven't watched anything. I've been, you know, I went, I went hunting for a week. Uh, we've been watching nothing but baseball. There's been no That's time been for watching. Netflix. Krista, she's going to sleep. She tells me it's too late by the time the games are over. We haven't watched anything. I misread a caption the other day. I was Googling Yellowstone because I'm sick of it. I, I'm waiting for the second half Hurry to come. up. I, and there was something talked about like last Sunday, Yellowstone, the second half of the season was coming back. Yeah, it wasn't. They were going to play the last, um, the last episode of the last one we saw, which you can just go to Paramount and watch uh, that. You know what I'm doing? You know so what I'm I was doing? misled. I'm watching. I'm watching on Facebook Reels and on YouTube. The best of Yellowstone I wanted so bad. Ah, oh, come on. Just give me this. How long are you going to make us wait? It's ridiculous. I know. I Listen, a buddy of mine is now working. Uh, Lara Rivera, one of my fraternity brothers, is working for um, Four Sixes Beer. So all yeah. I see is his post all the time, which makes me think Yellowstone, which makes me go back and continue to watch all these old reels. Just Kevin Costner, come on. Give me the final season, will you? <laughs> 
Hurry up. Come on now. Um, Real quick, before we get out of here, because I know we're going over on time. Yeah, um, we really are. Boone approved. You ready? Yes. So I was at the game. I was at Chase Field the other day, and somebody asked me, Rich, how come these fans wear jerseys of other teams that aren't playing here? So it was the Diamondbacks and the Phillies, and we saw people walk around with Dodger jerseys. We saw them walk around with just random jerseys, Cubs jerseys. We saw people with football jerseys. So I want to know, Boone approved wearing a random team's jersey to a playoff game. Boone approved or not? Absolutely approved. It's it's nothing but good for the game of baseball. Fans are fans. Uh, as much as I, I shake my head when I hear some of their comments, at the end of the day, I think, what would I do without fans? I wouldn't have been able to play this game and make a great living. So. I'd say if you're a fan and you want to wear your favorite Cubs jersey, absolutely approved. It's nothing but good for the game. Well, you wouldn't have been able to afford that Ted Lasso sweatshirt you're wearing today. Oh, it's it's Nike. I, it's a beautiful sweatshirt. I just... don't know. I I don't know, Rich. I just threw it on. You know, I trying to throw up, throw throw off the, uh... the California cool look. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to be cool. I, I think I you're doing. I don't I don't know if that's. All right, that's going to do it for the podcast for this edition of the show. Coming up next week, we have a star-studded lineup. Tell us who's coming on the podcast. Uh, Louis Gonzalez, former – Luis uh, Gonzalez, Gonzo. Yeah. Arizona, Arizona Diamondback. Diamond, Diamondback legend. And, he the, uh, he, he's in the Legends race. We're going to have uh, Aaron Boone on next week. Give us Who? his take – on the World Series. We're going to have young, the young lad, Aaron Boone, Uncle uh, Arnie. He will be, I, I've heard of him before, haven't I? He will be hanging out with us on Tuesday. What's I haven't told him yet, but I told him to, to be on call for me in the following week. So, so wait a minute. Is, is Brett's brother Aaron coming on or is, is um, Aaron's big brother going to be on the podcast? Aaron's Brett's little brother will be Brett's coming little on brother the is going to come on the Correct. podcast. Okay, Correct. I just want to make sure. Like it should that. be. All right, so uh, Gonzo and uh, and Uncle Aaron will be on the podcast next week. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Boone Podcast. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. See you, buddy. See ya. <laughs>